Hey, everybody. Welcome back to BU Podcast. This is your host, Jill Herman, and I am genuinely grateful that you are here with me, with all of us together, and that you're a part of this beautiful collective. This episode today is really, really, really special to me. I am so happy that this beautiful woman crossed my path. I know most of us agree that things do not happen by coincidence. There is such a beautiful divine intelligence at play. And every person you and I come across, every person, even if it's just someone we're bumping into out on the street, was meant to cross our path. And everyone is a teacher in some way or another. And there are certain people you will encounter where you will just know, like deep within yourself, that there is a really profound reason you met them. They may not have any idea that they've had this effect on you. You know, they weren't chosen by themselves to make an impact on you. They many times have no idea that they're impacting you. And I know, you know, you have had this effect on others. And I know I've had this effect on others. And this woman, McLean McGowan, has had this effect on me. You would think by this introduction that she and I talk every day. We've had a few conversations. We DM back and forth through Instagram, and that's it. And I've only listened to a few of her podcast episodes. And it's like something is calling me home to myself. And I'm super grateful. I know some of you have said that about this podcast. I know you've had that feeling when you've read a certain book or you've listened to a certain song, or even you've just been out in nature and you've just taken in with all of your senses, you know, what you're smelling and what you're hearing and what you're experiencing. And I am so happy that McLean is here to share I would say just her being, you know, her isness, as they call it with you, like not just her knowledge, not just her wisdom, but just her. She's bigger than I think she realizes that she is. And I mean, I'm going to read her bio and you're going to be super impressed. Like she's this and she's that and she's this and she's that. But before I read that, I just wanted to say that she's so much more than that. She's younger than me. And I'm, I just, I look at her and I remember all learning is remembering. I remember that even if as a woman, we don't have a child, we never have a child, we can still learn to mother ourselves and remother ourselves. We can still learn about the connection to Mother Earth. We can still heal the connection to our own mother, even if she has passed. There's so much power in that. And for those of you who do have children, whether it's through a relationship or adoption or you've actually birthed these children, you know, that's another layer that only you understand and I understand. It's not better, but it is a very, very deep, rich, complex, challenging layer that only we understand, not that we understand it. And what I'm learning, and I know together we are learning is that it is crucial for us to reparent and remother ourselves, to give our inner child, to give that child that we once were what we didn't have, so that we do not project the wounds that were created by that onto other people, especially onto our own children. Now, if you're like me, you already have. (laughs) You know, I didn't start growing in this area until my children were older than... I wish they were, but it's never too late. It is never too late. So let me tell you about McLean. 
McLean is a motherhood coach, a podcaster, prenatal and postnatal healing expert, postpartum doula, nutritionist, hypnotherapist, Pilates yoga and meditation teacher, lactation educator counselor, death doula, Reiki practitioner, wife and mother. She, her husband and her two beautiful children live in Los Angeles. You'll hear again in the end of this episode how you can work with McLean, but I'm going to say it in the intro. You can work with her via her one-on-one coaching programs or her monthly group, which is amazing, called the Mom Club Membership. You can find her on Instagram at Mother the Mother. Don't you love that name? And that's why I chose that name for this episode, Mother the Mother. McLean views the journey of conception through postpartum as different points on one continuum. It is this holistic approach that helps women embrace all the parts of their journey with clear vision, strength, and grace. She thanks her highest gurus, her daughters Jemima and Goldie Wolf, for leading her onto this path and helping her to find her true self. And as McLean so beautifully says, it takes a village to raise a mother, not just a child. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. So I'm here with McLean McGown. I have shared with you that I discovered her podcast, Mother the Mother, and just the name alone shook me, as they say. Like it really spoke to my heart and my soul because I know all of us are trying to learn how to remother ourselves. And McLean is someone you want in your life for sure. So McLean, before we start, I would love it if you would connect with our audience and help us just drop in here together, and then we'll get to hear you share. Awesome. Thank you. So nice to be here with you. Thank you. So I'm going to do a card pull, my favorite card deck, Earth Warriors Oracle by Alana Fairchild. And I like to do this card pull every day when I have time. Certainly every podcast I do. And if I am working with my individual clients, it's just a really nice way to drop in to the intention for the day, the intention for this talk. May it reach those who are ready to hear what they need to hear today. And whatever does not resonate, just gently wash over them. I pulled Anka, kin of the Red Hawk tribe. Beautiful card. Mm. So it's a long download about it, so I can just kind of do the abbreviated. 
Anka, kin of the Red Hawk tribe. On the wings of red-tailed hawk, a divine message comes. Your spiritual maturity has evolved into genuine power and discernment. You have earned your stripes. Acknowledgement is granted. Trust yourself in your destiny. You are ready. Trust in your sense of timing, which is excellent and inspired. Allow the divine to support you as you hover until the moment comes for you to fearlessly plunge into your forthcoming adventure. A divine message is here for you now, so be open to the signs from the universe. You are more mature spiritually than you may realize. You have an ability to share wisdom and honesty with your tribe. If you are still searching for your tribe, trust yourself. You will recognize them instinctively when you meet them, even if on the outside they seem different to you. You are seeing things clearly, so trust your vision and have patience. Speak your truth, but do so with compassion because your words have greater influence than you may realize. When the moment is right, take action. A way will be shown for you to manifest your spiritual light in this world in practical ways. Mm, it's beautiful. That I've never pulled that card before. That is so beautiful and really hits home to me. Whenever I see we live in a place where there are hawks overhead daily and they always remind me of my father. I always, I get a little dad hit like, Oh, there's daddy. Mm. So I love that. And you know, it's so interesting. I love that saying of you never know who's listening. And as we were just speaking about this before hitting record is, you know, when you're doing a podcast, you never really know who's listening. And I, I always say like, if one person, if one mother hears one little thing that I say, it can change the course of someone's life. We have that power all day, every day. You never know that one thing lights a fire in someone. So I think it's really important. You never know who's watching, especially on social media. You never know how you're helping other people. So to speak your truth and have compassion and come from love really is everything. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge you for taking the risk, making the investment and taking the time to have a podcast because, you know, as you and I both know, this is not how we make money. And, (laughs) you know, you have been sharing your wisdom with people that you could only reach who saw you in person. And now with your podcast, you reached me in Indiana that we would have never met. Yeah. And I so appreciate you doing that. And I know that it's work, you know, getting on there consistently and sharing and you're a mom with little ones and have a lot of responsibility. So I encourage everyone listening now to find mother, the mother, and, you know, you'll hear more about McLean as we go. And it's interesting because you all listening uh, resonate with what I'm sharing. I have a feeling that McLean will because in the, in, when she was reading the card, you heard her say that you'll find your tribe. You'll know when you have found your tribe. And that doesn't mean you have to have these people as your hangout circle, right? But McLean is my tribe. I felt it. Like I see a lot of people online. I have no problem asking anyone to be on my podcast. I'm courageous like that. I could go to the most quote unquote important person on Instagram and it wouldn't bother me. But I immediately was drawn to her and I immediately just felt something in me like, okay, I want more of her. I want her in my life. I want her in front of this community that's growing. And thank you, McLean, for saying yes. You didn't investigate to see, okay, how many followers does she have, which is hardly any, you know, does she have a lot of listeners? You just said, absolutely, which says a lot about you, but also this message that you're sharing. So I would just love for you to share whatever is coming to you as we're talking here about the whole journey of being a mother and mothering each other. Thank you. Yes, it's an honor to be here. And, 
you know, it's so funny you said that because I just said, yeah, I felt you, you know, when you reached out to me and I just felt like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to talk with her. And even my babysitter day, she was like, oh, you're doing someone else's podcast. Who is it? I was like, someone I just a meeting. It was such a divine yes. And so I just love that too, of trusting your intuition, you know, always circling back. I, I say no to a lot of people because I don't have a lot of time, but I really felt a very strong yes to you. So thank you for asking me. And, you know, that's so ballsy too. And I have learned to be more courageous with the podcast. I, that's not really my go-to of asking from people I don't know, but it really is empowering to say, the worst they can say is no, but they're definitely not saying yes if I don't ask. Yeah. And I just feel with everything that they came into your awareness for a reason. And maybe the reason was for you to get a no and learn from that. But usually that's not the reason. I, it's funny when you just mentioned intuition, I, I was listening to one of your episodes on the way here. And in that episode, you talked about intuition and you talked about how we just as as women in general, a lot of women listening are not mothers, but they have a mother, you know, how we keep forgetting how powerful that is. And I, I'm wondering if we could start exploring that a little bit, because even the word intuition is so, I don't want to say misunderstood because it's whatever people think it is, but I think it can be misrepresented and it can, as far as like my listeners who are of the Christian faith, it can confuse them or make them nervous. So would you be willing to share, you know, your experience with intuition, following it, not following it, why that happens? Yeah. And certainly intuition can mean so many different things. You know, it can mean your connection to God, Jesus. It can be you're in a Buddhahood. It can be, you know, really aligned with your religious beliefs. But for me personally, it is my connection to source or light or spirit. I was raised Christian. So I definitely have that within me. I am also a practicing Buddhist. That's how I met my husband. Mm. So for me, it really is. It doesn't really matter that the labels I give it, it is that source connection that is higher than my ego, higher than society, higher than government, higher than any of that. It's really my own inner knowing. And we all have it. We all possess it. And the more that you know yourself, the stronger it is, right? And I do believe that in the past, it wasn't questioned so much. It was just, you had your intuition, you made a decision, people kind of accepted it more. Now we overanalyze, you know, we are addicted to overanalyzing. That is our current societal addiction. I mean, how many like political pundits do you watch talking 24 seven all day analyzing every little thing it's like we're so detached from that innate human thing that connects us all which is our intuition and especially as mothers and women that is our greatest superpower Mm -hmm. however if you really if you start to deconstruct it you look back we are taught not to listen to it starting very very young very young i need to go to the bathroom mommy you just went, you don't need to go to the bathroom. I'm thirsty. You're not thirsty. I just gave you water. I'm hungry. No, you don't have, it's not time to eat now. You know, look at our school system. You're told when to go to the bathroom. You're told when to eat. You're told when to sit down. You're told when to stand. So we do not really honor that as a society. And so think about that like every day, every hour, every year of your life. And so of course we're disconnected from it. Of course we are. And then you introduce alcohol, which helps you override your intuition, right? Going into situations and not, not to say that I'm like totally against alcohol, but we just use different things to deaden our senses, drugs, alcohol, smoking, food, 
shopping addiction. You know, there's so many things that we do to deaden the reality of maybe we don't really want to be in that situation. Maybe these are really my friends. Maybe I don't really like my partner anymore. Maybe I don't like this job. And we're not listening to the intuition because we're scared. We're scared to make the changes that we need to do. So for me, meditation, chanting, prayer, walking meditation, being in nature, all of those things really help me quiet the outer world and my mind to connect with my intuition. And as mothers, for any of you that are listening that are mothers, more often than not, we know, we know in our gut, you know, that is where all the serotonin, I mean, now there's so many brain gut studies, right? Of like, mm-hmm. that's really the seat. It's almost like another heart is in our gut lining, literally. And so that's where the microbiome and good digestion, all that is so, so important because it controls so much of our chemicals in our body and our mood and our mental health and all of that. And so the more that you can connect to that and really carve out space and time, if you haven't had that kind of practice in your life, you know, you have to have the discipline to create the space for that. Even if it's three minutes, I tell my clients between drop-offs, between rolling up to the grocery store before you go and take those three minutes, meditate, check in with your body, close the eyes, really get into your own being. So you know how you feel because especially as busy moms, like how many times have you gotten to dinner time and you're like, oh my God, I haven't even checked in and asked myself how I'm feeling today. Oh yeah. Or your whole life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you finally find a co- <laughs> <Or that. laughs> you, you finally find McLean and she's like, so how do you feel? I don't know. I've never asked myself that question. I'm 49. Totally. <laughs> I, I remember on one, on one of your episodes, you talked about stressed out in traffic, rushing to get to yoga because yoga was very important to you. And you realized you could have just stayed home done a little meditating, some stretching, and you would have been not just just as good, better off. Yeah, I think so many of us feel like it has to be a certain way, right? It has to be perfect. It has to be packaged. It has to be acceptable. And I've lived that way for years. We don't know each other well, but I lived in perfectionism and didn't even know I did, by the way, because perfectionists don't think they're perfectionists because they're not good enough. <laughs> so right. I, I, I never, I'm like, I am not a perfectionist because those people are perfect. Hello. I lived in that for so long. And I was one of those people that, I mean, even like last year would beat myself up for the fact that I'm not doing yoga. I discovered yoga, let's say six years ago, fell in love with it. Not everyone does. I felt spiritually called to it. I am in love with this. Well, A, I put myself last. B, I didn't really love or like myself. And C, I was too busy being perfect for everybody else that I never went back to yoga. But instead of just not going back to yoga, what did I do? I punished myself for not going back to yoga while I wasn't doing yoga. And as crazy as that sounds, I know (laughs) so many people can relate to that. Like, just don't do it. But I love what you share on Instagram and your stories, on your posts and in your podcast, I love the simplicity of it. That you're teaching us to just go back to not the basics that we were taught, but the basics of ourselves, of our inner knowing and connecting with us. And I know you've seen so much, you know, you were postpartum doula for so long in what that happens when a woman becomes pregnant where she just ditches her intuition and listens to what other people tell her. I don't know. I just wanted to share that because I, I just find that it's so prevalent. It's so prevalent that people listening right now might even have to say, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. You talk about stopping and yes. breathing and you're like, what? Who does that? So yeah, just share whatever you'd yeah. like to share on that. I mean, I love everything that you just shared. Underline exclamation point. Yes. Like 
the whole imagery of like racing through traffic, like cursing other drivers to get to yoga class, you know, fighting over a parking spot. Like it's just so stereotypical and true. I mean, it's just so true, especially here in LA where the yoga scene was just such a thing. It's like, you know, and beating yourself up, you know, beating yourself up for not doing yoga. And that's where I really come back to because as a mom of young children, time is such a commodity. Money is time. And we get into this cycle of, if I can't do an hour practice, it's not worth doing. That is such falsehood. And that is just how our society is geared. And it's really unfortunate. So that's kind of become my, or one of my key speaking points is some minutes is better than no minutes, even though it's not really proper English, but it's true. It's like, grab those three minutes, grab those five minutes. And if you do that a couple of times throughout the day, you're going to feel a lot better. I mean, I just get on my yoga block and stretch, you know, with my toddler next to me for five minutes at a time when I can. And that is helping my body, you know, throughout the day. And I think we're in such this cycle of all or nothing. And I really don't like it because what it's, it's not serving anybody. And through my work of my own life, and then as a postpartum doula, really seeing what works and what doesn't work. And there's a lot in our current society and our different systems that's not working and it's not serving women and families. And as women, I think we all can attest to this, no matter where you are, your lifestyle and your belief systems, is you really are the bedrock of your family. When you become a mother, what mom says, what mom's energy is, her mental health, her emotional health, all of that really matters because it's going to our children. And especially zero to seven, you know, they're baby sponges. They're taking everything, no matter if you're crying in the closet, you think you're hiding your pain, your trauma, your eating disorder, whatever, they are energetically picking up on all of that. So do not be fooled that you're doing a good job hiding. You aren't. Maybe they can't put words to it, but energetically, they are so connected to us. So that is why the dual work is was really my starting point. It's not that I was just obsessed with the postpartum time. It was like, this is the opening. This is the opening to really help women heal from their past traumas, their birth and delivery, and then really help them heal so that they can set themselves up for motherhood. And then as I've progressed in my own work journey, now as a motherhood coach, you know, women come back to me after their kid is two years, three years, even teenagers coming back to me being like, okay, now what? Who am I? Where do I want to go with my life? And obviously when you have children, it's not just like, oh, they're 15, they're 18, like, oh, it's done. No, it's this ongoing journey of motherhood, right? We always need support. We always need guidance. We always need that community to feel like we're not alone because none of us should be doing it alone. Yeah. And so when did you, so I know that, you know, the best coaches out there have coached themselves first. They have gone through their own walk. And let's just say, honestly, some don't like some coaches out there are not looking at themselves at all, but I know you have. I'm just curious to know, when did it happen for you that you really looked at loving yourself, discovering who you are, looking at all of the parts of you that perhaps you were judging? I just want to know how this motherhood coach came to be. I, I know a little bit of your history, but I don't know the really good stuff. Yeah, good question. Well, I let's see, I started yoga when I was 15, very young. And so spirituality, religion had always been a theme. I was always, always looking for that part of myself and had done some therapy. You know, I always felt like I was pretty self-realized. Motherhood for me was the real impetus. That is why I really feel like it can be the biggest spiritual practice of your life. Because like I just said about the energy, 
we have to heal ourselves. We are pushed to heal ourselves. And a lot of this is the first time we've actually looked at that stuff. We had kind of coping mechanisms to push the trauma away, put the rug over it. And then when you have children and you go through the journey of pregnancy, a conscious pregnancy, birth and delivery, and the postpartum, this massive rite of passage from maiden to mother, it brings all of that up. And which can be a blessing and it can also be a curse. And so that really was for me after the birth of my first daughter, I realized, oh, okay. Yeah. There's some stuff that needs healing here. And it broke me open so much that I felt this is my calling. It wasn't even like a mental thing. It was like a heart Dharma calling of like, okay, I need to help women because we, we do all this work, the classes, the money, the stroller, the baby shower, and then postpartum, it was like crickets. There was no one there. There was no help. I had no idea what I was really doing. And so it just really became like, okay, this is how I want to help women. But in so doing, right, we're, we're often attracted to help others where we need the healing. Absolutely. So I also realized in Mothering the Mother, that was for me. And it continues to be me. And learning better boundaries and learning how to better mother myself, take time for myself. I mean, my kids know when I need 10 minutes to myself. I need five minutes to myself. I ask for it. I tell them my nervous system is really feeling too much. I also apologize for behavior really quickly. If I don't like the way I said something, if it was snappy, I apologize as soon as possible so that they also learn about emotions and how we can course correct and all of that. So it's really walking the talk. But for me, it's kind of no coincidence that my business is mother the mother because I think a lot of us have a mother wound and we weren't modeled what now we're trying to kind of remember, meaning that all women have innate power. All mothers have this innate power, that intuition, that superhuman power. And we weren't modeled it because our mothers didn't know that. They weren't raised to know that. Our grandmothers are great grandmothers. And I had very strong women in my familial line, but it wasn't in the divine feminine. It wasn't, it was more like masculine and not fully. I mean, they did beautiful things like gardening and took really good care of their bodies and their, their faces. You know, I learned so much about self-care and self-love through my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers. But I, I certainly didn't learn from them how to trust my body and having a natural birth or having a home birth, right? Like that was me seeking that out. So I think we're all in variant places of mothering ourselves. And in so doing, we heal past generations as well. I really do believe we can heal different timelines so we can heal the past and the future. And, you know, there's a very beautiful Native American pillar of their society where every decision for the tribe is made with the past seven generations in mind and the forward seven generations in mind. And we certainly don't do that in our current society. It's just like, what's the bottom line? What's the money? What's the money? You know, and this would be a a very different world if we actually made every decision with that in mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm the only one right now who would say that that that's new for me, even understanding that any work that I'm doing within myself, it can heal anything from the past in my ancestry. That was like crazy talk to me. And there are people like for you, that's normal, right? But a lot of people I know listening are like, what did she just freaking say? That alone is cracking them open. And no Uh one's telling you that you have to believe that. That's what I believe. That's what McLean believes. I truly believe that. And it's funny. I have a piece of art that I want to grab and show you that shows the Native American grandmother and then 
the the mother and then the daughter and then her daughter all the way down to the embryo. And they're all wrapped up in a blanket together. And, you know, I wouldn't have even understood that painting before, truly. And I know now that when we are choosing to mother ourselves, it isn't just healing the past, but as you said, it's affecting our grandchildren's grandchildren. And that's what I focus on because I'm someone who didn't, you know, when you were describing how motherhood cracked you open, maybe we could talk about this. Like I was so, so, so deep in my trauma, a lifetime of trauma that I didn't know that's what was happening. Right. And I think a lot of women, they have their child and then they go through something that someone calls postpartum something and then they're given a pill or they're, they're told that it will go away. And if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that, that it can also be an opportunity for you to crack yourself open to healing that you didn't even know was possible. Yeah. And. It's always a balance of on a podcast, how deep or not to go. Cause obviously when I have my one-on-one clients, we can go very deep because it's a very safe container, but I do feel like this is important to share. So I'm going to share it and just p- possible trigger warning for anyone listening, but this is an important thing that is not taught in prenatal classes. And I think it's a missing link. So I hope that this is received with an open ear from a loving space is that statistically, and if these are predominantly women listening to this podcast. Statistically in this country, more of us than not have had sexual assault. That's a statistic. So if you have not healed that trauma, that is going to come up through your pregnancy. That is going to come up through your birth and delivery. And I just say that from a place of knowledge is power. So if you're listening and you're pregnant or you're wanting to become pregnant or you've had a baby, just knowing that there's always room to go deeper in your healing work. It makes sense, right? In anything in our lower chakras that have been affected that we have felt not in control of, it's going to come up when we are in an event where we do not have control. And birth is giving up control, right? It is this massive surrender. It's like birth and death are the two biggest places in our lives where we surrender Mm -hmm. to the, the greater thing. And so... That is just something that isn't talked about and it's huge. And I just think it's really important for women to know that. And so... Whatever your traumas are, it could be abandonment. It could be with your one of your parents or both parents or whatever it is. It's often going to come up. It's going to come up when you have a baby because it's going to bring all of your stuff up. And it's supposed to because that is how we heal. And that is how we don't take it to the next generation. So for me, that's why like having a birth doula is incredible to help you to hold the space of how you want your birth to kind of feel. We don't always have control over how our birth is going to go, but we have that loving person in our corner. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're first time parents, your partner doesn't know what the F they're doing either. So it's like just to have that neutral party. Then postpartum, why postpartum doula work is so important is you just don't know what is going to be meeting you. You don't know issues with the baby, issues with your breastfeeding, trauma, healing, just to have that neutral party that is there for you, cooking you, bringing you beautiful, warm food, doing the, you know, I do the oil, abhyanga, just healing mind, body, soul. And something I love that my acupuncturist told me is she said, you're so open postpartum, your body and your spirit and everything is so open that you actually have way more capacity to heal than you ever have in the rest of your life. And so that's where I really love to educate is 
put the money into this healing, you will never regret it. I've never had any client ever, 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 even that had other doulas ever regret getting postpartum help because it is crucial. And, you know, traditions around the world have postpartum doulas. They don't call it that because it's just what you do. It's what you saw everyone in your village doing, the foods, the certain teas, the certain tonics, the certain body wrapping practices. It's because it always has in mind keeping mom healthy and baby healthy. And that's how you do it, right? And we don't have it in our society. And so then to label women, oh, you're not measuring up. So that must be postpartum depression or anxiety. A lot of those symptoms, you know, quote unquote symptoms are just natural biological changes you're going through during this postpartum time. But we don't know how to care for our women. We don't know how to care for our mothers. And so then it becomes this slippery slope and you think you're failing and you're isolated alone in your house thinking you're the only one you know doing it wrong and you're not. It's like you're right on schedule, but you're supposed to have your village and you don't have it. And that sucks. Oh, yeah. So obviously, we have listeners in so many countries. And right. And I've said this to them before, go ahead and roll your eyes because I'm rolling them with you. I mean, you can laugh <laughs> at us because in our culture in the United States, it's so ass backwards. Yeah. that, Like you said, in other cultures, it's not called that because it's normal there. It's just like, you know, go to India and try to find a naturopathic doctor. Try to find a functional medicine or integrative medicine right. doctor. Yeah, it doesn't exist because you go to the pharmacy and you see herbs and you see oils. And so here, everything that's not mainstream is considered that. Oh, we could talk for hours about that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the whole postpartum experience that you described, it's interesting because most of us were never even told that that existed, let alone that it was accessible. Like, I, I never heard that. Like, not only that, on top of that, in the United States, because of social media, thank you very much. On top of that, it's how fast can you snap back? How fast can you get back into your bathing suit and post a picture? If I see that one more fucking time, I, I am so sick and tired. I'm going off on a rant, but I am so sick yeah. and tired of the constant competition to see who gets their body back. It's either who gets their body back or then you've got the other extreme where it's, let me show you all my flab and all my stretch marks because I love myself more than you do. I mean, it's like no matter what, you're wrong. And I get very triggered by that. I did snap back pretty well with my three kids. Back then, we didn't have social media, so no one did that. I feel like it's worse because of social media. But also, in my opinion, it feels that the younger mothers now, it's even more of pressure on them to get back in those genes. And then even the husbands. I know someone who recently had a baby and her loving, wonderful husband, of course, meant it as a compliment, posted just six weeks after delivery, look at her because she was rock climbing. Now, he was saying it in a kind way. I actually love this guy. But that's society telling him that that's better. What if it's 12 weeks before you can even walk a block? That's okay. They're not less of a woman. Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. And it's, you know, it's both and with all the big topics. It's, I mean, we get to do a whole two hour podcast on just that alone. And I have lots of feelings about it because so depending on when you have your baby, there's such a different flux of hormones, right? Your age, your diet, everything makes a big difference. And so for me, I fall somewhere in that continuum, you know, like we were saying, it's either like accepting body positivity and all of that. And then also this like step back pressure. So I feel like it's somewhere in the middle. And I think we all should feel positive in our bodies and what they're doing, right? We just 
created a human and birthed it and now taken care of it. But I also think that there are so many variables that we do have control of. And it's really important to have that in mind of our physical health and our mental health. And I mean, I know firsthand so many of those celebrities that are bouncing back to their, you know, size zero after a month, they have full-time chefs, they have full-time yoga teachers, they have full-time night nurses and nannies. So they're also not exhausted 24 seven, you know, and that's the big thing of the postpartum is like the cortisone levels and all that affects losing weight. Also, I know that the healthier you are before you have a baby and your diet is going to serve you postpartum, you know, and that's, that's like a whole thing I've talked about on my podcast a lot is in our society too, we compartmentalize women and all the different phases of their lives. And we're all one, we're, we're one through all, all of it. So the healthier you are your whole life, right? Through your your teenager years, through your 20s, through your 30s, it all adds to the next. So the healthier you are in general is going to serve you in the postpartum anyway and getting back to your natural weight. I do think when we're feeding ourselves with the warming foods, postpartum, really through the lens of Ayurveda, your body will naturally go back to its quote unquote normal weight so much faster. And it seems counterintuitive, but with my clients, the more that you're in bed, you're healing, you're horizontal, you're not cooking meals, you're not taking care of the other kids, the more you allow yourself to heal, you will bounce back so much faster with that rest and respect for the body to actually heal. So not only is society telling us this, but we are also, as women, telling ourselves that we're not doing it right if we don't snap back. But we're also, even if it's not about the body, what about this? The idea that you have a child and then you pretend you didn't. It is a badge of honor three days after delivery to be at Target in a cute outfit. What are you talking about? What baby? You know, it's (laughs) (laughs) my my husband is is just, I think, the sweetest thing in the world. I always tell people I'm married to cross between a golden retriever and a lab. Like he is that is my husband. And he said something I want to punch him in the face, but it's society speaking through him. He was talking about two of his employees who were both pregnant. And they were standing next to each other. And one, she's a CrossFitter, but she also, you know how some people are just built a certain way. She's just, she's someone who's very, very, very slender and is a CrossFitter with more abdominal muscles than I think people normally even have. I like, I'm counting them like, are there six, eight, (laughs) 12, 20, right? And so her core is so strong that she doesn't show very much and she has a very long waist, right? And then just goes right back. And the other person is also very healthy weight, looks like she exercises, et cetera. And he said, oh, it's so funny. They were standing next to each other and I didn't even know she was pregnant. Can you believe that? Almost like it was better to not look pregnant. Right. Which infuriates me as a woman because, you know, then you see someone else at the same exact size whose belly looks like a torpedo watermelon because that's how her body works. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. And it's both and because, you know, some of those things do make you feel good when you hear them sometimes, you know, and can make you feel like, oh, I'm not just totally losing myself. It's not either or. It's like both and to all of this because, I mean, for me personally, I was able to be really active and I have a smaller build. You know, I gained like 23, 25 pounds with my kids. So like in a couple of weeks, that was off just because of the weight of the baby. I wasn't trying to, you know, yeah. it was just what happened. And so everyone has different bodies. And I always tell all my clients, you can line 10 women up. I'll give them the same exact diet, the same exact everything. They're going to look completely different because we have different bodies and different genetics. 
and it is what it is. And being the healthiest version of yourself is what's going to really get you through the marathon that is motherhood. And the really good fats, you need a lot of fat postpartum. You're, you want to make the creme fresh breast milk, right? You don't want skim milk for your baby. You need a lot of good fat. You need the ghee. You need to really coat the nervous system in good fat, good protein, lots of veggies, stay away from the cold smoothies, you know, and all of that really does affect your mental health. And I was going to say about the celeb kind of thing. You never know how people are suffering behind closed door. I mean, that's the thing about social media. There's such beauty in it. We can share, we can connect, we can find our tribe online around the world. And then we also are in this like compare and despair thing as well. And so you never know what people are doing outside of that little square, right? You don't know the mental health. You don't know who's suffering. You don't know what's truly going on. So we really have to have the self-discipline to know what is working for us or not. You people, stop following people that do not make you feel good. Take a break. Postpartum shift, that first six weeks to three months can be a really good time to get off social media. Take your breaks. You don't need that. You don't need that extra pressure. So, McLean, when you talk about the seat of the queen, will you tell us what that is? And even just saying it, it sounds so powerful. And you said in one of your episodes, something like, take that in, like, you are the queen of your home, of your family. And what does that mean to you? So that comes back to what I was saying earlier about as the woman, as the mother, you know, even if you're in a same sex relationship, owning that as a woman, as a mother, you are a queen and we have a regalness to us. We have a grace, we have a power. And that's where that owning that intuition and really being proud of it exudes such a power. And you can feel it when you, when a woman walks in a room and not from an ego place, but just of like, she is so confident in who she is and in her body hair in a messy bun, no makeup, in sweats, you can still feel like a fucking supermodel, you know? Like, when you really own yourself and own your power, you don't really care what other people are saying because you know it. You are living it. You are owning that power. And I think that it is a lost art and it is something that we have kind of forgotten, but we are the queens. And when you, let's say, in a more traditional opposite sex relationship, So there's a man and a woman. When you can own that power, men respond to it in a really important way as well, right? And even if you are in a same-sex relationship, you know, within each one of us, we have the divine masculine, divine feminine. So we all have an interplay at all times. But when you show up in that power and you're not asking for everyone's counsel and input and what would they do, when you really own it, you set such a firm boundary that is so freeing for other people because they know what to expect. They feel safe. You know, that's why children need boundaries, right? Like children need rules because it makes them feel safe. And when you are the mom and you are coming with that queenly, stately, loving power, it gives everyone so much more freedom. And like, for me, I'm married to a man. And when I'm really in that power, I don't have to say so much. I don't have to try to change anyone. I don't have to challenge what he's saying. I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to change anyone else's mind because I'm owning my own power and my own conviction and my own intuition. And it allows other people to show up in a much healthier way. And honestly, I find when you are in that strength, you get what you want a lot faster. 
You know, it's that like attracting bees with honey, not vinegar. And it's true. Yes. And so we've talked a little bit about masculine and feminine energy on BU, but it's interesting when you just talked about owning the power, I used to think that was the same as masculine because I lived in masculine energy until like last Tuesday. Like (laughs) I kicked ass in masculine energy until it kicked my ass. And could you share with them, with us, how can you be in your power, but you're in the feminine? Yes. I think this is where a lot of the remembering and the unlearning comes from. And this is why I, I, it's so important for me to learn and do this work because I want my daughters to know this work. You know, they don't even have to unlearn because they're just learning as they live. So it's such a huge topic. But for me, I think what I see is in our society, we are rewarded for aligning and our masculine, the patriarchal system, right? When you don't listen to your needs or you act like you don't have needs, you're rewarded over time. Oh, she's always at the office. She doesn't miss a day. What's suffering on the other side? You're missing your your kid's play. You're missing the Christmas party. You know, whatever on the other side of that. But we are rewarded for not being needy and not being feminine. That's just kind of a truth. And it's really interesting, actually, because I had a great podcast interview with Sarah Jane Sandy, for any of you listening, she's a fertility specialist. And we really talked about it. And I asked her point blank. I said, the majority of women that come to you that cannot get pregnant, are they type A, killing it in business CEO? And she was just like, oh my gosh, I would say 99%. Because we are so rewarded and we grow up thinking that that is success. And yet it's divine feminine because I'm fucking the CEO and rocking it. That's masculine. And again, we have both. We have both. But if, when you talk about getting quiet and receiving and receiving, I mean, we literally are like receiving the sperm, right? To go to our egg, to then be relaxed and chill and make this into an embryo and a baby and grow this baby. Like that's all in the reception. That's the feminine. And we just are very out of balance. So for me, it's stopping myself internally in my mind when I get into the doing. Oh, I need to do that. I need to mark that off my list. One more thing. Oh, there's a full dishwasher. I need to go do that instead of my five-minute meditation. It's catching myself. Going, no, I need to rest. I need to lie down for 10 minutes and put my legs up the wall because you know what? I'm going to be a better mom after I do that because I'm going to feel better in my own skin. Saying no, if things don't light me up, I'm saying no now. My friendship circle, I love so many people. I have amazing people in my life. And my group has gotten very tiny because I don't have the bandwidth. I'm homeschooling my two kids. I have a husband. I work. You know, it's being very mindful what my expenditure of energy is because I have to refill. And all of that is just the feminine, the foods I eat, the sensuality. And that doesn't have to be racy lingerie. I mean, I think a lot of that's like the patriarchal system. If you love that, great. But a lot of women don't love that. And you don't need to be making yourself fit into some porn archetype you know sensuality can be a candle and a magnesium bath like that can be so fabulous and feel good in your body like what actually brings you joy and when you connect with that on the physical the mental and the soul you're going to be at the seat of the queen you're going to be living it you're going to be in your queen power Uh, and i'm so glad you explained that thoroughly because as you were talking i can see how without really hearing it it could sound like feminine is so slow and flowy that you're not actually doing anything and you're just drawing baths and you are running a business, you're homeschooling kids, you're a wife, 
you have a podcast, you're doing a lot, but you're not doing more than you're feeling called to do. Yeah. You're not doing when your body says no, if I hear you right. You're not doing because other people tell you to do. So you're still doing things, but you're not in the doing energy all the time, which is, I said, I lived there and I was like the queen of that for so long. And I got rewarded very handsomely with money, with accolades, with awards, with attention from family, from friends, from a company. Meanwhile, I was dying inside. And I then thought, oh, going to the feminist, I'm just going to chill. And I'm going <laughs> to, you know, it's, it's hard for us, right? Yeah. To wrap our minds around it. But I, I think what I hear you saying too, is that your intuition knows if you just stop and listen to yourself, you know what it means to not be caught up in the doing. Yeah. And it is hard. It is a muscle that takes working out. And so listening to podcasts, being around like-minded sisters, one thing that's really been important for me is having friendships that I know I can, if I'm supposed to meet up with them, I can just text them and be like, you know what? I'm really tired. Or like my kid's hungry. She doesn't want to go to the beach right now. Having friends that won't guilt me, won't shame me. And then I do the same. I'm walking my talk. I can't say my body, my choice and body sovereignty and you do you and then shame women for making a boundary with me. It's walking the talk. And I can only do that when I feel good and I feel well rested and I'm not trying to control anyone else. And I do think for myself, and this is why I love meditation so much is when I get quiet, the answers come, the downloads come. So it actually saves me time by slowing down. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have to remind myself that when I get into that doing, just go, I can't make a decision. I'm trying to figure it out in my mind. No, McLean, slow down. Take 30 minutes. Go out for a walk in the trees. Go into the park. Go into nature. Because my spiritual belief is that there is a greater lesson at all times. There is the divine timing that I do trust. It's when my ego comes in and tries to control it. I know the right clients are going to come to me. I don't have to hustle so hard to get them. I have to let them know I'm here. But then it's up to the cosmos to bring them in. And I know I have to trust that too. And it's, it's sometimes hard as a business owner. You know, it's like, if I'm not booked this month as I want to be trusting that, maybe I'm supposed to be with my kids more this month. Maybe I'm supposed to slow down. Maybe I need to that break after this freaking year and a half. And that's flow. That's flowing with your life. And then when you rest and you feel refilled, then you can actually handle the abundance that comes to us. And I think that's actually, because I'm, I'm into manifestation as well. It's like, that's this coin that also isn't talked about that much. When you're calling in all this stuff, this big stuff, you have to be able to hold. You actually have to be able to expand to bring that in. You know, I could say, I want to be making 30 grand a month. Well, if I am exhausted and wrung out, I can expand to hold that for my coaching clients. So there's no way that's actually going to come to fruition. So yes. to me, that's also a really important thing is you can be so much more powerful in your feminine and actually earn way more when you're coming from that place of the queen and really owning it. I mean, on social media, there's a lot out there of like, I'm owning it. I'm doing all this stuff, but are they really, are they actually doing the work? Or are they just posting about it? And that's again, both and. Yeah. So if a woman's listening right now, and I'm sure there are thousands who are like, okay, that sounds amazing. I have three jobs. I have four kids. I'm drowning in debt. My husband doesn't even pay attention to me, not loving my in-laws and whatever. I mean, how can she 
mother herself and be in the flow. Maybe just a few ways if she can't afford to go to a class or a few ways that you you believe that would help her. Such a good question. For me, it's always start small. Start exactly where you are today. What is one thing that you can do that's going to make you feel better today? That really pushes the needle. So that's that's my thing. Like each day, what is one thing I can do to push the needle forward? Some days that's a 20-minute walk. If you have young babies, put them in a stroller. You know, walk to the market one day a week or whatever it is just to get something in for yourself. Nature. If you can get into nature and just sit quietly, if you have 30 minutes to go sit in nature alone once a week and listen, listen to yourself. What do you really want? Who are you? You know, I think so much of it is just this disconnection that brings so much dis-ease in our lives. And then we look for other people to fill it. We can judge our partners a lot when we don't feel fulfilled within our own selves, you know? And I think that's another thing. I mean, that's a whole other massive topic, but we are kind of trained to think, oh, this person is going to complete me for the rest of my life. And we have a lot of expectations. Like that's heavy. That's a big deal. Why aren't you making me happy? Right. And it's like, that's the, the starting place because I know how overwhelming it is to feel like, Maybe this marriage isn't the right one for me. And now I've got small babies and I made this horrible mistake. You know, like you're not alone for anyone listening that's in that place. I always tell everyone my postpartum doula clients, like 99% of us will feel like we want to divorce our partners in that first month after having a baby. It's just a fact. And it's because we don't have that village. We didn't use to have those expectations. The man was off hunting and providing for us. And we had like 20 women gathered around us helping us. So Just start where you are today. Nature, the basics. Are you drinking enough water? Hydration is massive. Eating nourishing foods. You know, are you standing up at the counter sink, you know, eating your dinner? Are you staring in the refrigerator, stuffing a pint of ice cream into your face? Stop looking outside and come back to yourself. Prayer, walking, sit in meditation. And all those are basically free. You know, you don't have to go outside. You don't have to pay for anything to do that. And even for women that can't afford a lot of awesome things or courses or classes or a coach, it still starts with you. You can pay for all that. But if you're not doing the inner work and have the discipline to really show up for yourself, that stuff doesn't matter. So it all comes back to maybe even writing a list. What are three things I can do this week that will make me feel better that are for me and not for anyone else. And it can feel really selfish. Believe me, I had to do this work. It can feel really selfish to put yourself first when you're used to putting yourself 10 or 20. But it's not because again, it comes back to the energetic work of you're the head of the pyramid as the mother and it all funnels down to everyone else. And so when you can refill, it actually is healing for everybody. So Just remind yourself that maybe even write, I'm a big believer in affirmations, you know, writing down, this is not for me, this is for my family, or this is for me and my family, whatever you need to do to allow yourself, give yourself permission to treat yourself well, because you deserve it. We all deserve it. So this may sound funny to you, but you know, it wasn't three years ago that there's a woman I talked to called Violet, the spirit healer. I've talked to her for seven years or so. She's wonderful. And she said to me several years ago to make sure I get out in nature and hug a tree. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I didn't get it. 
I didn't get it. And I know someone listening is like, why is she telling me to go outside? What? So why does that matter? Why should they go just sit on their grass or go over and touch a tree? Like, really? Like, this is where we say on this podcast, we're not here to get our hair done. We're not here to look good. We're here to get shit done yeah. in a good way without forcing, but to really cause transformation. So why does that help? And then also, why did you mention the magnesium bath? That's normal language for you, but I bet you someone's like, what is she talking? They're Googling right now. Magnesium right. bath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you. You make me laugh so much on there. So nature is everything. And I have a really great interview recently with Kelly Morris on my podcast, Mother the Mother. And she is a meditation teacher of mine. I've known her since I was like 19 And her whole practice is Gaia, Earth, connection to Mother Earth, is our true birthright as women. So I really recommend listening to that one because it explains so beautifully this message. But we come from nature. We are nature. You know, we used to live with nature. It was just part of everything. You know, we had plant allies. We had plant friendships. And it's almost like I can't even put into words. But if you really just try it for a couple of weeks walking barefoot in the grass, hugging a tree, meditating with your back against a tree, hiking in the woods, going to the beach, immersing yourself. It's something so much greater than anything else. It is, it's just hard to explain because I have such a deep relationship now. Like we have a natural huge park right where we live. And so I walk there almost every day and it's like, those trees got me through this past year. And I know that sounds so weird, but they're my friends and I pray with them and I thank them. And when I, we leave this state, I'm going to miss those trees. They're just like my buddies. And it's just something so much beyond a tree. Cause we kind of take it for granted. Right. But I'm not being very articulate, but it is, I guess for me, a very close physical representation to God or spirit. It is so elemental for me. I also live near the ocean and I pray to her every day and I feel such a connection to her. Like I'm going to, when we move, I'm going to have a heartbreak about not being with the Pacific Ocean because she means that much to me. And the magnesium, magnesium is really a crucial component to health. I believe in magnesium. This is a huge rabbit hole for any of you women that want to investigate it, but there's seven different types of magnesium. It pretty much controls almost every function of the body magnesium is involved in. Almost all of us are deficient in magnesium, unless you're supplementing. It's not in our water. It's not in our food anymore. So obviously constipation, digestion, that's kind of what we think about magnesium now, but it's so much more than that. And there are many forms of magnesium that are important. It's important to get all seven, not just the kinds that help you stay regular. So magnesium baths are a really great way to get high-grade organic magnesium flakes, put them in your warm bath. I do Epsom salt or some essential oils. And it's just another way to absorb magnesium. And it's really great for the muscles and the bones and everything. So I do Epsom salt baths regularly just because they feel good to me. But I did not realize, okay, I'm just going to out myself. When you just said organic magnesium flakes, I'm like, okay, I need to go look that up. And then you said Epsom salt baths. Is that the same thing? They're different. They're different. Yes. Good question. I do both. So sometimes I'll do salt too. I mix it up. I don't do magnesium flakes every night, but they just help relax you. Magnesium is also really, really great for any of you 
that have high anxiety or insomnia or have a hard time going to sleep. And I also really great for your children. Magnesium is really important for children as well. It's to me, I think a lot of our disease in our bodies is a magnesium deficiency. So anything from physical ailments to mental, it runs the gamut. So if you're not taking any, I would definitely do some research on that or ask your functional doctor. Do you have any specific companies that you feel that you trust that you would recommend? I really like Bio Optimizer. You order that online and I can send you this info in the show notes. Bio Optimizer, I love. I take every night because it's the seven strains of magnesium. And I feel really great taking them. I've done magnesium. I mean, I've done magnesium for decades. So I've tried the gamut of all the different ones. Another one that you can pretty much buy at any grocery store is Magnesium Calm. It's that powder. You can also get Magnesium Calm gummies. Kids like that. Regularity also. I mean, that's a whole other thing. But like, if you're not pooping every day, you have to address that. Oh, you for have sure. to address that for your children as well. That is a huge health issue. So, you know, it is important. So magnesium helps with that as well, but just helping them chill out at night. I think for children, like my kids are very happy kids. They've spent this past year in outdoor school, thank spirit. I mean, it's been incredible for their mental and physical health. But even my oldest one, I found we're like having pillow talk and processing at night. She could almost get jazzed up because that's when her brain kind of comes alive and she wants to delve into big topics. And then she doesn't ever want to go to sleep, but night owl. So the magnesium helps her just to, to like kind of take that edge off. And so your kids uh, do the magnesium bath or they actually supplement with it? They supplement. Okay. They supplement. Yeah. And okay. some still do the bath too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're nearing the end of the podcast, but yeah, if you can give us a little more time, I do want to talk about those of us who our children are teenagers and young adults. I know you're not there yet, but you, I mean, you're a mother, so you get it. You haven't experienced it firsthand yet, but I know because of what you do, you understand the pain of that, the, the joy of it, the, the wonderful part of it, and also the pain. I mean, I, I tell people that when your kids are little, you're in the trenches and it's just hard freaking work. Then they get older and it's so different. It's all emotional. And for my family, we were just coasting. I mean, I felt bad because I would hear friends talk about how awful it is. Oh, teenage girls. I'm so sick of hearing that, by the way. Teenage girls, they're hormonal. They're so, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we don't have that. Like, we don't, all the kids can get a little snappy and snippy here and there, but the girls are not more difficult. And I don't want to dismiss mothers who have had, you know, if their daughters are having some hormonal issues. I'm sure that's difficult. But this whole, this is a side note, bunny trail, the whole slapping the bumper sticker on all teenage girls and also scaring every mother, just wait till your girls are teenagers. It's going to be awful. I don't agree at all. So it's the, for me, this has been the most difficult journey. It was like so perfect and easy that it's like maybe the calm before the storm. And I, as I'm growing and unraveling and as I'm unbecoming and unlearning, it's weird because it's becoming better and easier, but yet more difficult because I'm realizing the impact my trauma has had on them. I'm realizing what happened when they were children when I was so caught up in that masculine driving mode that I talked about. I'm realizing now the impact of them being raised by a father who suffered from with, danced with addiction. I'm getting to a point here. And I talk to other moms around my age and it's interesting because we're all feeling like it's like the sense of regret 
of the things that we wish we would have done, the things that we wish we would have done differently because now we know better. And I get, we need to forgive ourselves. We need to give ourselves grace. But it's also easy to say that when you're not in this position because you see the impact on their psyche. You see the impact on them, even what they're going to pass down to their children if they don't resolve it. I have a, one friend, you'd love her. My friend Colleen is hysterical and she always, she doesn't worry like me. I'm a recovering worry wart perfectionist control freak and she's the opposite. She's like, oh my God, Jill, listen, every kid needs to have something to talk about when they're on the psychiatrist's couch at 35. Just tell them you're welcome. <laughs> like, like literally, like, I'm like, I screamed and yelled at my kids. I was so, you know, when you talk about how you're, you know, you're decompressing at, at night in the end, I was like, here's a quick back scratch. Gotta go. Bye. Throwing them in their rooms. I mean, if my kids could hear that, they'd be like, I want McLean to be my mom. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you're hungry? Stop listening to yourself. Go to sleep. I know better. I was the queen of that. I think my book's going to be called Bad Mother. You know? Yeah. And I think it's going to be very interesting, funny, and probably heartbreaking at the same time. But what do you say? We're all right now your clients. We're sitting in with you in a session with you. What do you say to those of us who are like, I fucked up like big time and I'm not trying to be cute here. I really did. I'm not the girl saying I'm fat when I know I'm thin. I want you to compliment me. Like I really made some mistakes. And my kids are teenagers and they're turning to, you know, nonstop weed. They're smoking those stupid toxic carts. But I don't want my friends to know that. So I'm going to pretend I don't know. Or I don't know because I'm so obsessed with my kids being perfect. They don't even notice that they're doing that. What advice do you have for us in this stage that we're in? That tagline for your book. I mean, yeah, like motherhood is just all of it you know, cry laughing, right? I'm cry laughing over here. I mean, first of all, just deep bow to you and everyone that has teenagers and beyond. You know, I'm not there with my own children. And I grew up in the South. And I guess it was just also like our little community. But we had friends of lots of different ages. And I was also an only child of my parents. I had stepbrothers. But I just say that in I think it's really important for us all to have motherhood friends that are farther along on the path than we are. I love having friends of all ages and I ask advice to all of them because that's how we learn. And that is the village. It's like, we don't fear the things we know they're kind of coming up ahead. And I also love your reframe of teenager because that is such a demonized moment in time. And also can we not blame the children and not that I want to even be in any blame, but they're in a place where they're stepping into adulthood and they need true guidance and they need guidance from their parents and from their communities. And we're, we just get this thing of blaming them. And it's like, well, also like, where are the parents and like, where are the trusted aunties and uncles? So I think just the way our society is set up, it's not healthy. And that's what I love about, you know, my kids are now for school right now and they have their mentors, their teachers are like, in their thirties and cool and trusted sources besides just me and my husband, you know? So I think we just, we need to like bridge this gap because it shouldn't just be on parents either. And it also shouldn't be teenagers just being alone with their peers because they're all struggling and in this unknown murky water again, both and. So I think one thing that really helps me and also with my clients is you only know, what you know, when you know it. And then when you know better, hopefully you can do better and you can show up better and you can reroute and you can make amends. And I think that's what we want from everyone. I want to hear that from my parents. I want to hear that from my partner. If I feel like 
they didn't do a great job. I would like an apology or I would like some explanation. And I do think when parents, I think we get in this thing and it's like hierarchical. And I do think it's changing and it's dying out a little bit. But when we can admit that we don't know something, it can actually be really refreshing for our kids to be like, you know, that's such a good question. I don't know, but I'm going to help you find the answer to that. Instead of just giving some like lame advice that like we heard from someone else. Or again, apologizing. Like I apologize to my kids a lot when I don't like the way I said something or I was snippy or I didn't give them the time that they really wanted. And I also think that there's a whole spiritual lesson in everything and that we did choose our parents and that we did choose these certain lessons. And all we're doing is like we're pushing the needle. It's like you're already healing so much from your parents and your lineage to your kids. Like you've already done a lot of that work. And you can always have a conversation with them. I didn't know this about myself when you were five. Now I do. And can we talk through this? Because I also do think we can heal timelines and we can heal the past. And you having that conversation with your adult kid now, that can actually help their little five-year-old that's still in them heal from that, which will impact the rest of their life. So there's always that course correction. And yeah, it can feel awkward and it can feel like, oh, I'm not the all-knowing mom. But guess what? You're not the all-knowing mom. Like none of us are. So just admitting and being humble and staying in question and always being a student, like always being a student of our life. A Waldorf teacher recently said to me when a little toddler asked her a question, like, how does that spider make its web? Instead of giving the scientific explanation, she says, I wonder, I wonder how do you think that spider makes it? And then it gets the kid involved and then you, you get to like, plan this whole thing. So I just think having more imagination and more love and more playfulness and motherhood, and then just forgiving yourself and knowing that you did the best you could at the time based on what you knew and what you were modeled. Yeah. One thing I've noticed with our kids is that when I would become frustrated that they were isolated in their rooms or they were on technology, I had to think about all the times that I was on my phone when they possibly needed me or wanted me, whether it was work or not. I know that happened many times and I've learned to just give, you know, I would say I've learned in the last couple of years to just give them so much grace all the time, constantly and realize that whatever they are showing me is what I need to learn about myself. And as soon as I go to judge them, I got to look at myself. I mean, just, just yesterday, I was, I wouldn't say I was yelling but I was definitely raising my voice and going into that overly masculine, controlling that old self of mine with my son, George. And I was frustrated because he hadn't followed through. He didn't text me back when he said he would. It's 10 o'clock at night. I didn't know where he was, blah, blah, blah. All of them were legitimate concerns. But I went into then, then I'm like, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And I, I gave him this laundry list and just threw it at him through my voice in the phone. And after I hung up, I thought to myself, I wonder what he's thinking right now. He's probably thinking he's a piece of shit. He's probably thinking that he's disappointing me once again because he has the perfectionist controlling mother. And so, you know, anyone listening, if you find yourself doing that, as McLean said, an apology goes a long way. Change behavior goes even further, but an apology goes a long way to just say, I effed up. I'm sorry. I was super stressed. And I'll tell you why I'm doing my podcast. I haven't talked to you about it. But the reason I'm doing this, one, it's my own healing, selfishly. But two, it's to invite women to get on this journey as soon as possible so that they then 
can teach these things to their kids if they didn't learn to be that way when they were little, like I didn't. I didn't know. What I see my husband and I teaching our kids right now, I'm very proud of that. I mean, we have so many conversations with them about what we didn't know when we were their age in our 20s, 30s, or even early 40s. And when you talked about healing future generations, what we say is there are things that we were able to heal and we continue to heal. And you're so you're going to have less that you have to heal, but you are going to have things that are going to have to be healed. And then you're going to hopefully have less that you pass down to your kids that they need to heal. I see moms, McLean, I see moms that aren't faking, by the way, and they, they genuinely, so much healing has come before them with their mothers and grandmothers that they don't have this big load on their back that I was born with. You know, if I shared with you the history of my mom, you'd go, oh shit, you, you were born into that. And then I wondered why all I knew was pain and trauma my whole life, right? And then what I then carried into my marriage and then with having my children physically pushed into them and then my choices and behavior, et cetera. I appreciate you being here and having this conversation because what's coming to me right now is we could have this really slick episode that really had this great tagline and I'd get a lot of listeners, oh, I got to listen to that. But those who are hanging on right now at an hour and 12 minutes who are getting this, right? I want to say to all of you, you are listening to this because you're meant to hear this and you are on a journey to get to where you think you're supposed to be if you're listening right now. So wherever you are in motherhood, I would say give yourself a big hug and a big pat on the back and acknowledge the times you've messed up, talking to someone like McLean and being in her groups and saying, okay, how do I really create change? I don't want to just keep talking about it. I don't want to live in regret and guilt, but I also don't want to live in complacency. How do I truly mother myself? and get to where I want to be and so that my children look at me and say, okay, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Mm, that's so much beauty you just shared. And I do think it's really important to acknowledge where we come from and all that we have healed. And I do think each new generation coming in, there's a massive consciousness shift happening right now. And these kids are so full of light and love and we need to foster that. And so there's that taking responsibility and then also holding a really beautiful, healthy, firm boundary for them to keep that alive with them, you know? And a lot of where this comes to is always coming back to our nervous system. And that's where the self-care, the self-love, the meditation, all of that, it's not just a trendy term right now. It's you need to be refilled so you can handle the stuff that comes your way, right? Like the other night, my daughter was crying about something. It was, we'd had a really long beach day. Everyone was exhausted. She was having just a cry release, you know, and I get triggered by that because I don't like my kids crying and it triggers me. I was tired and I was hungry. and I just want to take a hot bath and pass out. And so I was snippier and luckily I like reframed it quickly and apologized, but it was because I hadn't taken my quote unquote me time that day. I hadn't meditated and like, that's on me. So that's what I'm just saying. Like this stuff is important, even though it sounds like such a trendy, of course, I'm supposed to meditate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're actually setting yourself up to be able to handle your life in a much more conscious way. And so when I work with my clients right now, so this past year has been so much shifting and transitioning. I more full-time now coaching. So I love having clients literally around the world. And I work with them from fertility through their pregnancy postpartum and then well on into motherhood and really 
connecting with them and their partners where they are right now and what they're needing and where they want to be going. So no two clients are alike. Um, and then also have the mom club membership, which is a new online community. And the, the intention there is for us to sit in sacred circle wherever you are and just feel seen and heard and really be with like-minded people that aren't judging you. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no crosstalk. It's really listening because that in of itself, just like us right now, it's medicine when we gather together and share our truth, period. You don't even have to respond to what someone says, just actually speaking it and having another beautiful woman bear witness to what we just said is medicine. And then also have a community where you can say, oh, I live in Ohio. I need a great bio dentist or I need a new pediatrician. Do you have a recommendation? You know, to, to create this cross-resourced community for each other too, because we aren't supposed to do it alone. No time in history have we done it alone except now. And we have to remember that too. We're not failing. The system is actually failing us. And it starts with us a for demanding more and knowing that we deserve more and creating that community for ourselves. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm picturing what you're doing. I, I had no idea you're doing also the connections to I need a biodentist. I need it. That's that's what we need. It's you're creating the community that women used to have in person, but you're doing it online. I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being with us and and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. And I encourage everyone to find McLean. There is something very special about what she's sharing. And if you're not someone who ever will have children, she's still, if you just give her podcast a listen and look at her Instagram account, you'll see why I was so excited to have her with all of us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you know, it's, it's interesting you said that because a lot of my best friends don't have children and don't want children. And the podcast has actually been really helpful to them. Like they're my every week listeners, which I find amazing, but it's giving them a new perspective of what their friends are going through and how they can show up in a really loving way and be a, a guide to their kids. So it's cross communal. Mm, I see that. And the other thing about the podcast is, you know, just the whole concept that even if we don't have a child, I mean, we have a mother right? There's a connection to Mother Earth. There's a connection to our own mother, whether we like it or not. And then our connection to other mothers, as you said, just as women, just bearing witness to what that journey is like. And we are so, as you said, disconnected when we don't have to be. And when you talked earlier about our intuition, as we were closing and you were talking, what came to me was that you know, we're, we have stepped away from our intuition. You and I are helping call people to their intuition and imagine what you're creating doing that as a community. Like if we all are connecting to our intuition, then we're connecting to each other. That's an unstoppable force. Exactly. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And, and something that no person outside of that would ever be able to even understand. Yeah. And, you know, there's a saying that the patriarchy has done this really beautiful PR scheme of pitting women against each other because then they don't have to do it. If we're taking each other down, they don't have to do anything. And that's another aspect of this. It's like, we can disagree. We can all come from different places, but how do we respect each other through those different choices? And how can we still love our sisters through that? You know, And that's where the medicine really lies too. And that's how we show our daughters and our sons how to live in freedom 
that we get to make our own choices and respect those of our brothers and sisters. It's really important. Yeah. And also, you know, when you talked about finding yourself and being yourself and connecting to your intuition, no one can put a label on that. They'll try. Oh, I'm sure you voted for so-and-so. And And if you did, that means you this, you this, you this, you this. And you can say, nope, none of it. I'm my own person. Try to guess. Just try. Totally. And I love that you said that because it's scary. It's scary at first. And then once you kind of allow yourself to move outside of the box, it is so freeing because we only allow ourselves to get put in a box, you know, like no one else is totally forcing us. It's, it's because we allow it. And so when you step back and you own really who you are, truly, no one else can do that. Yes. And that's freedom. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. Oh, such an honor. I love you. I love you too. I'm so glad you're doing this and you have so much to share. I could sit in here and talk 12 hours with you, but thank you for being here and asking me. And it was really, it was really a joy. So thank you. Super special. Thank you. So exactly where can they find you? Give them your handle, as they say. What's your IG handle? IG is at mother the mother. And then mothertomother.com. And you can find everything really through Instagram and the link tree in my bio for my newsletter, which comes out every Monday morning, moon day, I call it. And um, mom club membership and then working one-on-one with me as well. Awesome. Thank you, McLean. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs> 